0: Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Creek Devil. We have Mark with us today. So Tom, I'm going to have you take it away since what? you have uh, spoken with uh, Mark here.
2: Alright, Mark, yeah, you and I chatted a little bit, and by the way, just, I hope it's okay to say this, and if not, we can, you know, we'll take care of it, but Mark's background, oddly enough, is you, you have a, a background in anthropology, Correct.
3: That, that was my major in college. I never finished on that major. Um, I ended up, uh, getting a degree in, um, exercise science instead. But, uh, but yeah, my, my, I come from a family, my mother's, uh, an anthropologist archaeologist and, um, and you know, my, my, my plan was to be an archaeologist and I actually wanted to, my plan was to study, you know, uh, pre-human history, you know, cavemen essentially. And, and, you know, all the, uh, all the things that led up to us. So it turns out this is, uh, this is, this is a good topic for me.
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, arguably you, you got into that inadvertently anyway. So
3: (laughs) anyway, I'm going to hand it off to you. Okay. Um, well I'll, I'll set the stage for everybody and, and let you know, you know, why I, where, why I was where I was and, and, and all that. Uh, I'm, I'm a a stay at home father. I retired young in my late thirties. Um, I, I feel blessed for that. And, uh, I have some young children, I have older children too, but I have young children. I have two babies essentially. So I, I, stay home with them. And, um, at the time last year when I had the experience that I'm about to talk about, my wife was in her third trimester and, uh, I was, you know, I already had an 18 month old and I was the full-time parent. So every year since 2010, for one reason or another, usually for just, you know, for, for pleasure, I like to go winter camping alone, solo camping, not real, not to hunt or anything like that, but I just like to camp in the winter. I don't like bugs. Uh, I, 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 just, I like the cold. The cold makes me happy. There's something special about camping in the winter. And, um, you know, last year, my wife, like I said, she was pregnant. Uh, I, I knew that she was going to have the baby in a few months and this was going to be my last chance probably to do that. I probably was going to have to skip a year of winter camping. So I was, I was, feeling the need to get out and, uh, and get that winter camping in before it got too warm. So, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years, nine years in a row. So last year, normally I, I, I go somewhere a little bit close. I live in Pennsylvania. I live just West of Philadelphia. And, um, normally I go somewhere close to here in Pennsylvania or, uh, in New Jersey. I, I, I like the Pine Barrens. It's a special wilderness area of New Jersey that a lot of people, if you haven't heard of it, it's a special place. Um, but in any case, I decided, you know what, this time I want to go a little bit deeper in the woods. I want to go somewhere far out. And growing up as a boy, my father used to take my brothers and I to north central Pennsylvania when we were kids. And, uh, you know, the, play, the place, just holds a really soft, I have a soft spot in my heart for north central Pennsylvania. And, um, it's, it's, it's some, some real wilderness out there too. You know, what you have basically is, is a lot of, uh, rolling, rolling mountains, you know, uh, at um you know east coast type mountains, Appalachian Mountains, uh with with a lot of valleys and a couple of small towns kinda of dotted in the valleys and that's it. I mean you have just a lot of woods as far as the eye can see in all directions. So I said, you know I, I got on Google and I found an area that looked real good. It's called the Hammersley Wild Area. And uh it's a conglomeration of of state parks, kind of like, you know, an area where they all sort of meet. And it has the distinction of being the most remote place in all of the state of Pennsylvania, which is saying something. You know, Pennsylvania is a pretty uh, a, a pretty woodsy state, like I was saying. So uh, it's about a five and a half hour drive. I I made the drive, packed everything up, headed out, and uh, I got to a town called Cross Fork, Pennsylvania. It's a town of thirty some people, so it's a real small town, kind of a stop through town where um, uh, snowmobilers cruise through, and thirty five people. But it has two bars the town. I noticed that, um, it does have a motel for fishing season Has a tremendous Creek that goes through a kettle run. It's called a- amazing, beautiful, beautiful, big stream goes right through the heart of town and it goes right into Hammersley around right the edge of Hammersley. And then, you know, you have some, some large, but smaller than kettle run, um, streams that flow down from Hammersley into kettle run. And, uh, the, the motel is there for, for when the uh, fishing season starts when trout season starts and uh, I would imagine deer season as well. So it wasn't open yet. I got there. It was the March 10th, but I did rent a room in a boarding house next to the hotel or the motel. Um, just more or less. So I'd have a place to park my vehicle. I didn't want to leave it on a dirt road in the middle of the woods and then hike miles away from it. Uh, so I, I got there, I rented the room, parked the vehicle and I didn't waste any time. I threw my pack on there's about a half mile walk. From from cro- from the center of Cross Fork where I was, you kind of walk on the only road that goes through town, and it it, it you know you get to the entrance of uh, what I guess they call it a hiking path through Hammersley, but it's really not much of a path. It's just trees with uh, spray orange and yellow uh, spray paint dots on them, and that way you don't get lost. You follow these dots, uh, but it's pretty pretty tricky terrain uh, for the first half of the walk through the place. I we're talking like yeah, you know, you're climbing up some steep slopes, and there was an area along a, a couple of ridges that are you basically have you know what what could be no wider than a, a a 10 inch ledge and sort of a real like almost a cliff. It's kind of it's kind of treacherous, you know. You you, you gotta watch your footing. So uh, it took a while to get up into the middle of where I was looking to get to. I had everything set into my GPS. I had chosen, I went online and I chose the spot that was, I I literally chose the most remote spot in all of Hammersley, in the most remote area of the state. So that was my plan. I was going to get out there. So I I was, I don't know, whatever it was. I left at 1030. It was getting on four o'clock, five and a half hours. I had made it to the top of the, basically to the point where it was going to be mostly downhill from here. And I sort of stopped at the top of the hill and I thought, you know, it's going to be dark by the time I get to my spot, but you know, I'm just going to do it. I'll get down there. I'll get a fire going. I'll turn on some lights and I'll turn on a lantern and, and it'll be fine. Um, you know, I, I hate cutting firewood at night. I like to have it stacked up and ready, but whatever. So I started making my way down. I hadn't gone, I don't know, 10 minutes downhill. And I hear this, uh, this tremendously frightening roar far away. Not, it wasn't close by, but it was down in the valley towards where I was heading. So I'm going to say it was at least a mile away, judging by how, you know, you could tell it was pretty far, but it was like nothing I'd ever heard before. It it wasn't a, the best way I can describe it is it sounded like if you took a, 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 like a howl from like a wolf and mixed it with a, mixed it with a roar from a lion and a scream from a, from a human and, you know, amplified it greatly. That was the noise I heard. And uh, you know, while Tom, I was talking to you, and I I told you that I found a video a few weeks ago. It was called um, "Strange Noises in Northern Ontario," and it's a uh, it's these people out in the woods, and they they they're recording the exact noise that I heard—just that long, drawn-out, and it would go five, ten seconds, and then whatever it was, it catches breath and then do it again and again. That's exactly what I was hearing. So I yeah, it stopped yeah, me yeah. right on my tracks. I mean, it stopped me it stopped me dead in my tracks. I pulled my phone out to record it. And uh unfortunately it, it was too far away. I, I couldn't pick it up on my phone. Um but anyway, so it made me stop. I stopped and I thought, Oh boy that's <laughs> it literally the direction I'm heading where that noise came from. So I had to make a decision and uh I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna camp at the top of the mountain today tonight and I'll head down there tomorrow. I didn't want to be down there in the dark with whatever that was. And, you know, you could tell it wasn't a bear. If, if you've ever heard bears, even, you know, in the zoo or on TV, or I've never heard them in the wild. I've seen two bears my, my whole life. And I've spent a lot, of, a lot of time in the woods compared to most people. And I always laugh when I hear people say, oh, I wasn't a bear, when I hear, you know, encounters. I've seen a million bears. I don't know where these people are. They see so many bears. But the only two bears I've ever seen, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh. You know, was was their rear ends as they were running for their life away from me, um, but it wasn't a bear. It didn't have that kind of rrr, rrr, kind of noise that a bear makes. It didn't have that noise that you hear from a wild cat. Uh, it was something different. Now I know what it was.
1: Hey Mark, let me ask um, you: when you yeah. heard that vocalization, uh, was there any sense of it being male or female, or did you get that, you know, speculation?
3: Um, You know what? That's a good question. I, not really. I guess at the time, I, you know, at the time I wasn't thinking Sasquatch, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, that, that thought wasn't on my mind. I was just kind of out in the woods and um, I was, uh, to be honest, I was a little confused. Uh, I, I almost thought like, I I I, 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 it sounded like almost human-ish, but it was obviously not a human. It was too powerful and too, it was a roar. I mean, it's it like I said, it sounded like a howl and a lion roaring at the same time, and, and a man screaming all at once. So no, I, I mean, I guess looking back on it, just because it was so loud and powerful, I, I would get the sense that it was a male. But I don't really know. You know, I don't know if if, if female a female can scream like that too or not. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, there's not really on uh, these things. Yeah, there really isn't any way to tell the difference with uh, uh, their vocals.
3: Yeah. I just knew it was big. It sounded big and it sounded loud and scary. I can tell you that. Um, so yeah. It, it, and, and like I said, it, it stopped me from my mission at that point. Um, so I I, 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 set up camp at the top of the mountain, which is anybody who's done, who knows survival knows it's a bad idea to set up at the top of a hill. Um, cause you get hit by the weather and the wind and it can be colder at the top and the bottom of a hill. You sort of want to stay in the middle where the, You know, the heat hasn't, the the cold hasn't sunk to the bottom and the wind isn't whipping on you, but whatever. I I found a good tree that was
0: a huge
3: evergreen type tree with big, big boughs that were spread out real far. And uh, I I cut the lower dead boughs off pretty high, maybe seven, eight feet up. And I pitched the tent under there, figuring it would afford me some, some, uh, you know, relief from the weather. There was supposed to be some kind of precipitation coming that, that later on that night. So I figured it'd be a good idea. And, uh, whenever I set up a camp, I have learned over the years that you always bring an extra tarp and it's a really good idea to, when you pitch your tent to surround your whole tent, excuse me, and tuck it under the tent, a tarp. And then I'll take clamps even and clamp it to the poles, uh, because there is no tent on earth that is truly waterproof that I've ever been in. Um, and it, it pretty much always rains or snows or something when I go camping. So, um, I set up my tent. Uh, I, I got set up, I got a little fire going, I, I got a can of Spam out, put it on a stick, I was cooking Spam over the fire, just really feeling real good, you know, it's my first night out, it's been a while, it's been a year since I've been doing it, and I was alone, and uh, I love the silence of the wilderness, and that's the other thing about winter camping, uh, at night it is just quiet, compared to the other times of the year, I really I really like that a lot, I think I think silence is uh, underrated, <laughs> it's one of those people, So, uh, especially with my life, I got a lot of children and there's a lot going on. So I, uh, it started to rain and it was, it was below freezing there. It was in the thirties, low thirties. And, uh, at the time, so it was a freezing rain. It would, it would hit and just freeze immediately on me on the, on the, the tent. And, uh, I wasn't real happy about that. I tried to keep the fire going, but it was, it was of no use. And then, uh, we got a heavy, heavy sleet came down right after that came down on me. Um, and it was, it was time to retire for the night and get inside. Uh, I had forgotten to bring my sleeping pad with me, which was a nightmare because the ground was pretty cold. Uh, and I, I didn't bring my, my warm weather sleeping bag either. I brought two or my, my cold weather sleeping bag. I brought two warmer weather sleeping bags and figured I would just leave. I had a couple layers on winter coat. I figured I would just, you know, leave all my clothes on and get in there. I'd be fine. It was not the case. I, it was freezing all night, and a horrible night. Just wind whipping, tons of rain, tons of sleet. I could hear branches coming down. I heard two trees crash down. I actually found them the next morning, and they were, one of them was pretty close, you know, less than 100 yards away. Uh, just kind of terrified, to be honest, that I was going to get crushed. But, you know, whatever. I just hung in there and uh, waited for daylight. So uh, eventually the wind died down, and it was just a heavy sleet. And at this first sign of daylight, man, I was out of there. Oh, the other thing is, my boots were wet. I forgot to, to weatherproof my leather boots. I wore my, kind of like my tactical boots. Good, dumb idea. And then the five-hour five, five hour trek up there, five and a half hours, the snow had slowly leached through and gotten to my socks. So they were totally wet, my boots. So I put them next to the fire the night before to dry them out, and I... I ended up burning the soles of both of my boots to the point where they were just almost not usable. So now I'm like, I'm I'm tired. I'm cold. I'm miserable. My boots are like ruined. I had to take my, my emergency blanket and cut it into two pieces and wrap my feet in it and then put my socks on and then put the boots on to keep my feet. It was, it was just a whole, a whole mess. So I said, you know what? I'm, I said, I'm going to go back into town. I'm going to, Take a nap in that room I rented. I'm gonna, you know, grab a beer and a slice of pizza or something, and uh, and I'm gonna come back out tomorrow morning. So I left my tent pitched. I grabbed my garbage and uh, all my valuables and all that, and um, filled my pack, and I left the tent up. I had made sure it was staked down real tight. Put some heavy rocks on the corners and on the edges, and uh, I left. Uh, I, I went into town. I had had a, had that beer, had a slice of pizza, and a burger. I I got some sleep that night and. First sign of daylight the next morning, I, I was out. I headed back into Hammersley, and uh, I was feeling good. I was well-rested. I made it up to that, to that same spot in, like, record time. It was, like, an hour quick, an hour faster. When I got there, I get to my campsite, and my tent's gone. Tent's just not there. Uh, I was pretty confused because I had it pinned down pretty tight. And uh, I, I got to where the tent was, and there's the tarp. Uh and, and I don't want to say it was, you know, I say neatly as in like, it, it wasn't like blown by the wind, you know, up in the or It just had that look like it was removed and just kind of dropped right there. Um, and my, of my, I have, I use two tent stakes on each corner. I use the big ones that sort of, they have like the, um, sort of like a fish hook has they have, you know, the, kind of a, a back serration to them so that they stay in the ground and then I use metal ones to sort of pin sideways into those and um three of those big tent stakes were in a pile next to the tarp so I it was I, at this point I thought someone stole my tent I can't I can't imagine who would do that but somebody stole my tent so I, I I started scanning the area and I looked off into the woods and sure enough there's my tent and it's sitting straight up like it's been repitched. So now I'm thinking somebody's in my tent right now. There's probably some, you know, homeless guy or something from, you know, from wild man from the woods is living and sleeping in my tent right now. So I did have a, a large 357 Magnum with me with some uh, hard cast, uh, like, um, underwood bullets, if you ever know what those are. They're, they're, they're made for bear defense, basically. And I, I pulled my pistol out and cautiously made my way to the tent. I would say it's about 50, 60 feet. Back into the woods behind my camp and uh the other thing was the tent was in a position and i'm looking and there was no you know there was snow you know this i I forgot to mention that the whole walk up here i was you know going through anywhere from four to eight inches of snow so as as i'm heading to the tent i noticed that there's tracks leading to the tent so now i'm thinking there's definitely somebody in my tent and the tent is it's in this small grove of like uh Uh, It was like a circle of saplings and it was in there. Like there's no way wind could have blown it through the saplings and then landed. it, you know, sitting straight up. It's just not possible. Somebody had to put it there and there's tracks leading to it. So I get to the tracks and I'm looking at them and I think to myself, my God, there's a giant hobo in my tent. This guy's got to have a size 25 foot. And it just looked like huge. At first it looked like giant boot prints and I, I have pretty big feet. Uh, especially, you know, I, I, I have the feet, feet of a man who's six foot six. I'm, I'm six one, but I have a size 13 and a half foot. And, um, so I have pretty big boots and I step my foot inside the one track and it just dwarfs my whole boot. And I got closer. I looked at him. One of them, I noticed looks like a, like a giant foot, four toes, not five, four toes, um, big, wide, huge foot. And I, I sent, I sent Tom a a picture, couple pictures of the tracks and the one's a real good print like a footprint and uh it's a picture of me, of my foot inside the print with my 13 and a half boots and it just absolutely dwarfs my boots uh it's dwarfing my boot in the picture so i i, I and you know i i thought to myself i mean is, is, is that a big foot i mean it's a bare foot in the snow what else could it possibly be so now i'm pretty scared um and I, but I, but I did notice, you know, it wasn't a huge stride, you know, it was a bigger, it would be like if I took a, a kind of an overly sized stride. So I, I got kind of concerned. I, I got to the tent. I sort of, Hey, is anybody in there? And nothing opened the tent. It's empty. I looked for, for like wind marks, you know, cause the tent would have left marks on the snow, nothing. Um, so I started really looking at these tracks and it would appear that there was two different sets of tracks, one gigantic set of tracks. And then one that was big, you know, much bigger than my boots, but not quite as big as the other one, uh, thinner prints. And the toes were different on, on, you could see sort there was two of those prints where I could actually see toes. I want to just say this most there was prints all over the camp, it turned out, but most of them looked, they weren't real discernible, like a foot. You know what I mean? There was a couple, uh, maybe a total of three prints that were actually footprints that I saw, but they were all huge. Um, so, I, you know, I grabbed the tent. The other thing I found weird is, I mean, you would have to be 10 feet tall to put, because it was like the tracks sort of just magically stopped in the middle of nowhere. And I can't imagine that the person could have reached over and put the tent where it was without like maybe leaning against the big tree that was there and having like, really long arms. It just seemed weird. The whole situation was weird. So at this point, I'm just kind of walking around going, what the hell? Like what's going on? I'm, I'm finding new tracks. And, um, and I thought to myself, Oh yeah, you know what? I left donuts out. I had bought these kind of lousy donuts at a rest stop on, on the drive to the, up to to where I was. And, uh, you know, there's like there's just those classic like, rest, uh, you know, convenience store donuts that come in a box. Um, they're not, they weren't bakery quality donuts by any means. And they weren't real good. And I had a chocolate one and an old fashioned one left over. I didn't want them. So I left them out on a log kind of near the camp, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 feet away from the camp, something like that. I went, like, oh my God, I left those donuts. So I ran over to the donuts and sure enough, big tracks leading to the donuts and they were separate from the tracks that I had left previously when I'd walked out there to put Cause I kind of walked out and sort of looked around for a spot and sort of doubled back a little bit to where that, that log was. And, um, it, I, you know, I I kicked myself for walking all over those tracks. When I got to the donuts, I was just so excited to go and see them. I sort of stomped all over the, the, the new tracks that were there, but yeah, there was a, a big, real big footprint there as well. Um, and you could tell it had kind of stepped down and sort of pivoted, kind of twisted. Um, and then there was this, the smaller tracks came right up to it as well. And the donut, (laughs) the chocolate covered donut was bit in half and put back on the log. So that just blew my mind, you know, that any animal would take the time to just grab to, to eat half of a, half of a free meal like that, half of a donut and put it back, um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, have you guys, you guys ever heard anything like that? Like Bigfoot's not I, like in Well, you things?
2: know, I can, I can understand that. Um, I can understand not eating them at all.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, we had, when we were investing, I always bring up the alcohol thing because so much happened there. But, you know, that joker that brought all the junk out there um, brought turnips and, and donuts and all kinds of things. Uh, in that case, the whole box of donuts did disappear. <laughs> um, but they took a bite out of one of the turnips, and you could see the big, you know, blocky teeth marks. And apparently, didn't like turnips, so it threw it down. And they went and raided the neighbor's garden.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess you know, like I said, they weren't the best donuts. I didn't want them. So, and and I I I always laugh and say that, and it's true to this day. I won't eat anything from that brand. Um, you know, if it's not good enough for, for Sasquatch, it's not good enough for me. And so I, uh, so anyway, I kind of just walked in circles and I, then I, I, cause I, I really was looking for, for tracks everywhere at this point. I was, you know, I was on man on a mission and I, and I begin to notice that, you know, it would appear that they were walking, you know, they, they had, if they wanted to explore certain areas, they had to deviate from my path through the woods But it would appear, because I had walked the night before all over the place, gathering firewood and stuff like that. It appeared that they had been stepping in my tracks um, as much as possible. Because you would see, you know, my old, because they would, their stride was bigger to where they would skip one of my feet. You know what I mean? In my tracks. And then you'd see a big squashed print. My print just gets squashed. And I could kind of see where the toes would go underneath the snow. And that they would apparently carefully pick their feet up. I don't know. I, I found that fascinating. Um I don't know if maybe it's was just a coincidence or, you know, I mean you guys would know better than me. Do they hide their tracks in any ways like that? Is there anything that you've ever have you ever heard of that?
0: Well, it's certainly possible. I mean um I can't think of any, you know people who've talked about it, but it's certainly possible they would do that.
3: That shows a that shows a lot of uh a lot of forethought
1: and brain power, you know, so.
0: Yeah, they they are very intelligent.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, uh, do other animals do that, that you've heard of?
0: Well, not so much with footprints, but like, excuse me, predatory animals do it with their scat. In other words, um, you know, you'll have one predator in an area that'll mark its territory with, scat and a larger predator will come along and and actually defecate on that animal scat sort of saying now this is my area so it's kind of along those lines (laughs) but not exact
3: well the uh the 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 prints were everywhere they were obviously real interested in my camp uh and i had left the morning when i left it was sleeting pretty hard uh when i when i left that previous morning and, and walked back into town and uh, it sleeted for just three or three and a half hours after I'd left. Cause I was paying attention to the weather at this point, And I noticed their tracks were filled with sleet. I was filled with a lot of it, you know, a half inch to three quarters of an inch or so. Um, which, which tells me they were, they were probably watching me and waiting for me to leave that kind of, that kind of made my, my, my stomach drop a little bit. You know what I mean? I thought, oh, man, you know that it's. They must have been watching me and just waiting for me to get up and go, and they just couldn't resist. You know they had to come in and see. You know see see what this guy was doing here, but uh, it, it, I really found it interesting that the tent was moved. That's just it seems almost silly. You know what I mean? But I don't no, know. No, I am. Mean,
1: and Mark, you you said that it was almost like repitched, right?
3: It was, it was, sit- I thought it was sitting straight up just like someone had pitched it. Yes. I mean, it wasn't staked down. The stakes were left where it was pulled up originally, but yeah, it was, it was sitting straight up. I was, I was almost positive. I was going to run into somebody in there, you know, like they had moved Mark, it like was further this away.
2: A to- uh, real quick question. Was this one of those tents that like a dome tent or something that's sort of self-standing, but you, you just stake it down to keep it from blowing away. Is that. Or was it like a teepee?
3: A classic. No, it was like a classic dome tent uh, with with two long yeah. holes that crisscross. Um, yep, yep, but it's okay. a one man tent, so it's 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 not a square at the bottom; it's a rectangle, kind of a smaller one man style. Uh, oh, okay, it's not, not a big tent, All right? But uh, but yeah, I, I found that 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 really fascinates. To this day, it fascinates me. What? Why would they? You know, you would have to really be pulling on the on the. You'd have to pull the stakes out. I had a couple of rocks on it, you know, on the edges, they put they they move the rocks and then they had no interest in the tarp apparently, but the tent was of interest and took the time to walk it out into the woods and, and, you know, set it down somewhere. That was, it just, it, it shows that they're, it shows a level of, uh, inquisitiveness, I guess. You know, like they're curious.
0: One stop uh, shopping. I'm
3: just thankful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful that they weren't hungry for, for human that morning because boy, I was out there no one, I was far enough. No one would have heard me scream. That's for sure. But, um, so anyway, that I, I had, uh, you know, I, I, I decided that's it. I'm camping. I went down in that Valley where I heard that scream, that, that howling yelling scream the, the day before. And I had no incidents for another three and a half days, had a great time and camped right, uh, right next to the, the stream in there, bull run and, um, you know, honey, hunted, hunted crayfish and, I didn't catch any fish. I tried, tried some trout fish and didn't catch anything and just had a good time. I, I really enjoyed being out there in the winter. Um, but that, that whole experience had kind of set me on this path to where we are now. <clears throat> Excuse me. It set me on the path of, of studying and wanting to know everything I could about this, of the subject. So since then I have for a year now I have spent, um, and you know, at the time I, I, I I was looking at these prints and, and, you know, it it, it dawned on me, I guess, could this be a Bigfoot? Could this be Sasquatch? I mean, I guess what else could it be? And I wasn't very educated. You know, all I'd seen is the, you know, the videos of the fat guys with cameras and lights kind of banging on trees and (laughs) tromping through the woods. And I, I, I I just, you know, I just figured, uh, I figured they were, you know, that they were out West and I heard, I've heard about them in Texas and in California and, Washington state. And, and, you know, I did, I did live in Alaska for a little bit. I went to college in Alaska. You heard about them up there. So, you know, that had got me looking into it and sure enough, there's plenty of sightings in Pennsylvania. In fact, I would say it's a lot of sightings. Um, Not so many in that area. There's a few where I was not so many in that area, but there was, there was definitely some, I mean, I know if I was a Sasquatch, that's where I'd be, would be Hammersley you probably get the least amount of deer hunters in there and the least amount of foot traffic through that area compared to other areas um of, of least of the state game lands and all that. So for, for a year now, I've been listening to every, every podcast I can. Um, uh, I listen to every encounter. I really love your guys' show. You know, I love to getting to hear the encounter first and then going through the, to the questions. And this is really a great venue for, um, for, 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 this whole topic. And, you know, Will, I've heard that you, you know, you might've put a few hours in studying these things. So
0: wonderful <laughs>
3: <to>. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: so anyway, and you know, it dawned on me, um, like I said, I, I have spent in, it, more, more time in the woods. And the real key is that I spent more time at night in the woods than most people. Um, there has been and in the winter time, Uh, I'm, you know, in 2014, for instance, I spent over a month in the wilderness, uh, of the pine barrens. So to set, this is, and it dawned on me as I've been researching Bigfoot and listening to all these encounters that I had a dramatic encounter that at the time just confused me. And I just didn't know what it was and thought maybe it was a bear or maybe a monster or I didn't know, um, and you know, it, it was just a couple months ago. Really, it dawned on me. That's right, I had that experience. So, um, this was in 2014. I could tell you the day when it happened, down to the date. It was, uh, I believe, well, maybe not. It was somewhere between December first and third. In that time frame, it was a, I believe it was a, a Friday. Uh, but anyway, um, I was I was working for a construction company. I was living in New Jersey, uh, right on the edge of the Pine Barrens. Uh, pine Barrens, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a wilderness in southern New Jersey. People think of New Jersey, they think of, you know, smokestacks and high-rises in New York and thick population. And it is a very populated state, but the southern half of the state is, uh, is, is it has a, a million-acre wilderness known as the Pine Barrens. And it's a very unique place. It has really poor soil, uh, so really nothing grows there but pine trees as far as trees. You get some, some scrub, scrub oaks and pin oaks and things like that. Um, but it has very acidic soil. Uh, so berries grow well there, uh, cranberries, blueberries. Uh, there's a lot of deer, a lot of turkey. There's also um, you know, carnivorous plants, believe it or not, on the edges of the marshes and things like that. Really cool place. There's actually uh, plant life that doesn't grow anywhere else. It only grows in the Pine Barrens. Very unique place. Uh, I, it, you know, I really like it a lot. I've spent a lot of time in the Pine Barrens over the years. So in any case, I was living in a town – on the edge of the pine barrens. I was working for a construction company. I was living in a house with my ex at the time. Her and I are to this day where we were, we've always been good friends. You know, it's been a long time since we've been together, but we're still really, really good friends. So her and I were sort of splitting a house. I lived in the upstairs. She lived in the downstairs. We have a son together. So it was good for him to have us both there. And uh, I was, I was driving a company car. Constru- I didn't have my own car. I, I didn't need one. I drove a truck that was the companies and, uh, Things were good, and I was had just opened up a new business, a, a vape store, with the, the owner of the construction company I was working for, and we were partners. I basically set up the store and got all the computer systems set up and decorated it and put the furniture together. He provided the building, which was like a strip mall that he had, and it was a good setup. That way, you know, we didn't need a lot of money to get started, and <clears throat> it turned out his wife didn't like me much, and uh, she and it was on Thanksgiving Day, I'll never forget it. I had I'd stayed late to set the store up. We weren't open or we we weren't open yet. <clears throat> we were getting set up and I, I said, I gotta get out of here. He's like, you know, go go. I went home to cook and do the Thanksgiving thing. And his wife had told him a few days earlier that if he didn't get rid of me as a partner and make her his partner that she was gonna divorce him. So he his part of his deal was he was gonna get the lawyer together and get all the paperwork and all that. So he had gotten the lawyer set it up and, and just cut me out and signed his wife on in my place. <clears throat> so now I, I, I've lost my store. I lost my job because I'm not going to work for him after that. Um, I don't have a car cause I was driving, a tr- you know, the company truck and, um, I came home and I said to my, my, my roommate, I said, look, you know, I don't want to put you out. I know you have other people that could live here. I'm, I don't know when I'm going to be able to pay rent next. Uh, I, I'm just going to bail so that I'll put you out. She said, okay, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, so i lost everything sort of overnight it was a dramatic time of my life my um i did have two things though i had a really good set of camping gear and i had a girlfriend at the time that still loved me (laughs) so i said you know at the pine barrens the woods there was an area called uh, uh it's winslow wildlife preserve i think uh it's winslow new jersey is where i was i was right on the edge of it the the western edge of winslow preserve northwestern edge The town I was living in at the time that I just left was right there. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to walk right back into these woods. They were building a new development next to that, my development that I was at. And uh, they had sort of a, they call them sand pits. It's an area where they dump extra dirt that they don't need in case they need it later, uh, you know, uh, for a new house or whatever. So it's kind of just piles of dirt and people go back there with their dirt bikes and four wheelers. But mind you, this is December. This is like in the winter time. So it's cold. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to, camp it out and I, you know, I had friends that were like oh come stay with me i'm like you know what no this is this is how i am this is what i do I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna sort of enjoy this but at the time i didn't have a car or anything so it was a little bit rough so i walked about a quarter mile back in the woods <clears throat> from the neighborhood and uh i was there was a pretty worn path it was a dirt path that people walked their dogs on and things like that and i i, I had found a mound right off the path you look to the left and maybe 30 yards, 20, 30 yards off the path. There was a big mound, eight feet high. I pitched the tent on the other side of the mound, covered it with brush, and sort of made it a stealth camp. Figured, you know, I'll sleep in here. And then in the morning, I would, I would head out into, the, into civilization. My girlfriend would pick me up. I would drop her off at work with her car. And then I would use her car to go find a job, get a car, get myself set up and all that. So that's what we did. And by day five, I had found a new job. I had found a a car and I was also, I'd go to the gym to shower and all that. So I wasn't a dirt ball, um, during the day, but my, my insurance didn't kick in until midnight that night. So I couldn't go pick the new vehicle up until the next day. So it was my last night living, you know, I couldn't have, it was miserable. I couldn't have campfires to keep warm. I was kind of just like hiding out, you know, in this spot. So anyway, every night that I would camp there every night, uh, a pack of coyotes would come and, and, just raise hell right in front of my tent. Um, you know, I I don't know if it was me that drew them there, if it was just their spot, but they didn't really bother with me. They, they would just yelp and run around and fight and scrap and make all kinds of noise. And the first night or two, it kind of scared me to death. But after that, I realized they weren't messing with me and they were just doing their thing. And and then about, they would be about eight o'clock. It was like clockwork eight o'clock. They'd show up for about a half hour. And They would slowly kind of move themselves away from the area. They would still run in circles and fight and go crazy, but they would be, they'd move away as they did it. Take them about 20, 30 minutes to move out of the area before I'd stop hearing them. So the fifth night, I'm laying in my tent. I lay back. I just finished some beef jerky and some food, and I'm feeling pretty good. You know, tomorrow's going to be a new day. I'll have the new vehicle. I'll be able to get a real campsite somewhere where I can drive in and, and have big campfires and really, you know, mountain bike and enjoy myself. Uh, my job didn't start. My new job didn't start until after New Year's. It was the beginning of a beginning, month or so to kind of just enjoy life out in the woods. So I said, you know, I'm going to make the best of it. So anyway, I lay down. I'm sort of just feeling good, and the coyotes are going crazy. And I'm just starting to close my eyes. And all at once, they all start, and they all take off. You can hear them, like, rip through the woods. And I, you know, caught my attention. That, that's new. So I sat up. I listened. Silence. All right, whatever. So I lay back down. I'm just starting to close my eyes again. And this stench that is just, I mean, you hear about the stench from people that have encounters. I, I don't know if it's this bad for everybody, but wow, the smell that can I can only describe as body odor mixed with skunk, mixed with feces, mixed with real sour, stinky feet. That's the best way I can describe it. And when I say body odor, I don't mean like, like someone's been at the gym and they've been sweating body odor. I, 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 it's, I always think back to being in grade school when I used to sit behind this kid that never showered and he just had this sour smell about him. And it was that, it was that kind of body odor mixed with all those other things. I mean, and when I say strong, I mean like, woo I was, I, it, 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 you know, when you, when you, a smell sort of triggers, it it, it really locks a, a, a memory into your brain. And I can remember that moment so clearly sitting up and, you know, where I was facing in the tent when I sat up and everything, it was just unbelievable. I remember putting my, my face inside my coat and trying to escape it. It was impossible. There was no escaping it. So I'm thinking to myself, what could that be? Like, there's no way, it smelled a little skunky, but it didn't smell like a skunk. I thought, I guess it has to be a skunk or something out there. Um, So I I used to, it's New Jersey, so I'm not allowed to have, I didn't want to get caught with a firearm out in the woods there. It's a felony. Um, And you can't get a permit to carry in New Jersey, no matter who you are. So uh, all I had with me was kind of a, a short, straight bladed short sword that was about 26 inches long. So I unsheathed it. And I said, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to go out there and scare it away because there's no way I can tolerate this for more than a minute. So I I was just starting to unzip the tent when I heard something coming down the dirt path, kind of thump, 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 walking, kind of heavy, not really trying to hide or anything. Um, So I said, oh, man, someone's coming. So I zip my tent up real quiet. and I just sort of held my breath. I figured, you know, normally I never heard anybody late at night on the path, but I figured, yeah, they're probably just going to walk by. Cause people do use the path once in a while. Um, so I hear it and stops and then I, and, and it's obviously a person. You can tell it's a person two feet. It's not galloping. It's walking on two feet. Then I hear it stop sort of behind the mound. And it very cautiously starts to step into the woods behind me. So now I'm, uh, my heart just drops into my stomach and I'm like, Oh, like someone knows I'm here. You know, it's probably the cops, I'm probably on private property. I don't really know, but probably, you know, I made it all this time. It's the fifth night and, you know, I'm going to be out of here in the morning. And sure enough, I'm, here comes the cops. They're going to break my balls. It's going to be a homeowner, the police, something. So my heart just sinks and you can hear him coming through the woods. But it was as if someone was trying to sneak up on something. You could hear him like sort of, you know, cautiously putting one foot down, but not real, real quiet, but, but you know, quiet enough stalking through the woods so I'm thinking you know my camp you, have, you could walk up a couple yards from it and not see it especially at night so maybe I didn't see any flash I couldn't see real well because I had a tarp around my tent I couldn't see anything but you could see light maybe if there was a flashlight I didn't notice anything like that so I thought maybe they won't see me um, and then it gets about 20 feet to my left figure I'm facing the front of the tent the mound is behind me and I'm it's Directly to my left, maybe twenty feet, and you wouldn't be able to see the tent from there. It stops, and then it just starts walking, normal speed, crunch, crunch, crunch through the woods, right in front of the tent to where right where the coyotes were, and it stops, and I hear it breathing this deep <sighs> like a giant monster trying to catch its breath. best way I can describe it, and I'm thinking, is this like you know that is like a big, is there a big, giant, scary man out there? Or is it a bear? You know, what could this possibly be? And it, as you can imagine, I'm completely terrified at this moment. Um, I don't know if it's a person. I, I'm, I assume it, it isn't at this point because I'm starting to put together the smell and the fact that there's a big, heavy breathing going on. And um, the, the Sasquatch was the last thing, never even crossed my mind at all that whole night. Uh, and then it walks up to my tent directly up to the front of the tent. I mean, right there. Um, and I'm about to have a heart attack. And it's breathing. <sighs> and it walks slowly around the tent to the right and stops, the, I mean, right there at the right of the tent. And this is a small tent, so it's, I don't know, two feet, three feet at best from me. And it, I could hear it maybe touch the tent because you could, you could hear the tarp kind of crinkle. Maybe it pushed its finger on it or touched it. And then it started to sniff. And it wasn't, you know, when you hear a dog sniff or like an animal, they kind of do that like in and out real fast because their their sense of smell is real good, and they you know they don't really need to take deep breaths. But no, it was like if you and I were to sniff something, just like big sniff and then letting air out through its through its mouth. So now I'm I'm thinking it must be a bear, but I, I don't, you know, I don't. There's no bear here, you know. There's been two bear sightings in the Pine Barrens in the past ten years at best. And one of them was in a town kind of a little bit away from the Pine Barrens. So I, it, the thought of it being a bear was just – it was either a bear or a monster in my mind. Um, so I thought, is it a person? Is it a bear? And sniffing, sniffing away. So, I, I, you know, i got to say something. If it's a person, i got to talk to them. This is what I'm telling myself. i got to say something. Uh, if it's a bear and it hears a human voice, 99.99% chance it's going to run for its life. So – um, I'm like, you know, all I can feel that my pulse pounding in my head, I'm like freaking out. So I just say, I must up the curves and I go, who's there. And I smacked the side of the tent where the side it was standing on with my backhand, like whap. And, uh, to my absolute horror, it doesn't run away. Instead. It lets out the deepest, most terrifying growl I've ever heard in my life. So I, I, I mean, talk about like crapping yourself, I was, I was there at that moment. Um, and it was a big, it sounded like if a dog was to growl, except a, an 800 pound dog or a thousand pound dog, that's the only way I can describe it. And it was a long five to 10 second growl. So now I'm just poised with this blade in my hand. I'm just waiting for whatever it is to rip through the tent and kill me on the spot. I figure I'll just go down fighting, you know, with this, with this and that's it. This is it. And, uh, you know, To my surprise, it just turned around and walked away off into the deep woods. It was was on the side when it growled of the deep woods. It just, I suppose, just turned around and headed in that direction. And you could hear it two feet, crunch, crunch. You know, not that four-footed crunch, 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 crunch you hear from something with four feet. Just crunch, 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 slowly went away in the distance, went away, went away. So I just, I, oh my God, I collapsed onto the floor of the tent like oh, you know just couldn't believe it. I thought I was dead so and I could hear it getting further and further and eventually I didn't hear it anymore and mind you the stench was still there the whole time and uh, uh, at that point you know I was more concerned with my life ending than the stench and then the stench cleared up and I thought oh my god it, it didn't kill me and it went away whatever it was um, so I started just when I started to feel better I heard a crack snap <laughs> like it ripped a branch off a tree or something uh, you know loud uh and you know right away i get the adrenaline just surges right back and you could hear it smack the tree or whatever smack something else with whatever it just broke loose and it wasn't like on tv when you see these 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 people like you know clunk clunk hitting a tree it, it smacked the tree so hard that the, whatever it smacked, I, I could tell it was a fresh branch that it used because it would hit the tree and it went, you know, like smack, like it was catching up. It hit so hard that the vibration would smash against the tree again. So um, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified again. Uh, and then it let out this, like, I guess like a bark noise, like if somebody sneezed real loud, like a kind of noise. Um, followed by what I can only describe as like a woman screaming, like she just got ripped in half. Uh, or, you know, actually, you know, it, I guess it would have sounded like a, like when you hear a chimpanzee scream on TV, same sound, just Wah! kind of huge scream. And, and Right. And of course my heart drops into my stomach again. And I just, I'm oh, it's not gone. It's right there. It's probably, I don't know, a hundred yards away, may, oh, maybe further. I'm not sure. But, um, uh, I just sat there and held my breath for twenty minutes, practically, and uh, it, it apparently went away. You know, um, I, I, was I, just, I'm yeah, sorry, I was go just. go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just about to ask you too. Like, what happened after that? Um, after that, <laughs> uh, that experience. I mean, at, at, you said twenty minutes; it, it went away.
3: I guess I don't know. I mean, after it, it barked or did that wah noise, and then it and then it screamed, and it was loud, man. Whew and And you know it's funny because when the coyotes would be at my tent, I was not that far away from like from other houses you know in fact, you could see if you looked real hard through the woods, you could see the lights of of homes off in the distance through the woods, and the dogs would go crazy at peoples you could hear them, like you know the dogs just oh <laughs> off when the when the coyotes would show up for that half hour, and uh there was no dogs, man, when this thing screamed uh. But no, I didn't know what happened. Honestly, what happened is eventually it, it, I was. I said to myself, if it was going to kill me, it would have killed me. Uh, and I, I swear to God, I had one of the best nights sleep I ever had in my life. Once the adrenaline wore off, I somehow just laid down and went to sleep. And uh, daylight came in the morning, and I, I packed up and got the hell out of there. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend at the time, she picked me up, and she knew immediately by the look on my face that something was wrong. And, uh, you know, I told her what happened. And I said, you know, I, 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 I don't know if it was a bear, but I, it it seemed more like a monster. Like a monster was outside. I said it had to be a bear or a monster. Oh, no, it was just one of those coyotes. I'm like, no. No, 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 no. This was not one of those coyotes. Like something scared the coyotes away and then threatened my life, essentially. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, after that happened, <laughs> I just went to sleep. I mean, for twenty, thirty minutes, I sat there in, in, in stone cold silence and didn't move. And then, when the adrenaline wore off, I was so tired. I'll never forget how tired I was. And I, I, mean, I thought about it. I thought, should I just head in? Should I pack it up and get out of here? Um, do I even want to get outside the tent? You know, it, it maybe it didn't kill me. I was in the tent. Maybe I, so I figured, you know, I'm just going to go to sleep, and that's what I did. I went to sleep. Um, but yeah, what an I mean hair raising experience. It was, its its face was two feet away from mine, it was sniffing the side of my tent. Um, You know, at the time, like I said, Sasquatch never even crossed my mind. I never would ever have dreamed that there would be a Sasquatch in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. It was the last thing I would ever expect. And again, you know, the past year, I've looked it up, and there's been, over the years, a dozen or so sightings, you know, for the past hundred years or whatever.
1: And uh, apparently they're there. Yeah, you know, well, I mean... I don't really know too much about the Pine Barrens, except I'm a huge fan of the Sopranos. And I know I, I'm not sure if you ever watched that show, but there's a whole episode called the, the Pine Barrens. But yeah, I have looked it up. There are a lot of sightings in that area. And the thing about the Pine Barrens, too, it's it's not just in you know Pennsylvania, but it kind of goes through um, New Jersey and everything. So it's a huge area.
3: Yeah, it's a big building. It's a million acres uh, or more. Uh, But, you know, in in the area where I was, if you pull it up on Winslow Wildlife Preserve on a computer, let's say, and you look at it, I mean, that patch of woods I was in is probably no more than two square miles. And then you're surrounded by farms and neighborhoods on the western side. There'd be neighborhoods. Um, And then on the the north and, and south and east would be farms. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was less than a half mile, I'm going to say, from, uh, from what's called the, the, the Old Egg Harbor River. And it's a small river that rolls through that area. And, um, you know, if you follow that river on Google Earth, it, 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 there's always a patch of woods around that river. Even when it goes through neighborhoods, when it goes through farm areas, you'll always at least have a couple hundred yards maybe of woods around that river. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they must, they must just travel that river and go from, you know, woods, patch to the forest, to forest, to forest. And you can, they're all connected. Um, You could get, you could even get out into the big patch of woods out there. The uh, Wharton state forest, it's connected too. you could, you can get to it without having to step into civilization, but there is one spot where I would imagine if they wanted to cross through, they would have to expose themselves a little bit across some railroad tracks. But I mean, at night, I mean, you know, we, we all know that, you know, these things could be 10 feet away from, you You never even know they're there. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd imagine. Hey Mark, just, I got a slip in it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
2: Mark, I, I got a quick question. You know, they got coyotes in the pine barrens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm just, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but I'm assuming what, do they have deer? Do they have other food sources that these creatures might be interested in?
3: Oh yeah. There's, there's a plague of Turkey in the pine barrens. I mean, it's real bad. I've never seen, and I've, you know, I've been, I've lived all over the country. I, I lived in the Wasatch Mountains. I lived in Alaska. Uh, I, 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 man, the, the, the Pine Barrens takes, takes the cake for turkey population. It's, every time you go out there, you'll see them. It's almost that bad. Okay. So I would imagine they, they could be eating turkeys all day. Um, and, yes, there's deer. There's plenty of deer. Um, and the coyotes are actually a new thing. When I was a boy, there wasn't coyotes that I remember They've they've moved in somehow in the past you know twenty years or whatever, but uh, I I think that's what it was after. I think it was yeah, it heard it was. the coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it heard them freaking out in front of my tent. It maybe thought they had food, or maybe it wanted to eat them. Because uh, the, the way it crept into the woods off the path was like it was sneaking. You because know, once it realized there was nothing there, it just walked normal. You could, it, it, I, I noticed that difference. It was very apparent to me that it was creeping when it first came off the path into the woods. Um, so yeah, I think it was after the coyotes.
2: You know, when oh, the techs. coyotes caught wind of it, and then they're like, "He's oh, like, okay, the gig did. is I mean, up." Yeah, you know, and I the wonder, dogs did too. I, I you know, I find that interesting. Oh yeah. You oh know, yeah,
3: because they the dog like I said the dogs would go crazy when the coyotes would be out there. You'd hear them the whole time, rrr, 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 off, you know, the couple different sets of dogs off in the distance. But yeah, it was it was dead silent.
1: And you know that
3: that breathing. Oh man, when that thing was breathing, I was I was gonna have a heart attack.
1: You know, Mark, you yeah, bring man. up such a great point, and let me ask you, Will this? Because um, we always talk about deer being the main food source for. Uh, for Sasquatch, But do you think that coyotes are uh, also a, a major source for them, for, for for food?
0: Well, I've mentioned this before. Um, you know, deer is the obvious one, but they'll eat anything. And we know they go after coyotes because of the association I had with a state trooper back in 1975. And he told me that's uh, what he found, where they were luring him in and killing him and eating him.
3: Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we all, and, and you hear about how much they just, they dislike dogs in general. At least it seems that way from everything that I've read and heard. That there's some kind of mortal enemy of a, you know, there's dogs dogs fear them and, and, and they seem to not like dogs.
0: Yeah, my dog so, backed away. Just, well, he didn't back away. He wouldn't go into the woods. I mean, he apparently knew what was there and and took off from there really quick. And I never saw him act like that, you know, prior to that time or afterwards.
3: Yeah, you know what? It makes me think about something else, too. So after that whole situation, I I had I got my Ford Explorer, and I went to a place called Goshen Pond, and it's a campsite. It's, they call it a primitive site. You know, There's no like facilities there. You just pitch a tent, and you have a fire pit, and that's it. Um, you know, the facilities are a pitcher pump when you want water, but it's on the, um, the Mullica River, and it kind of spreads out into a lake right there, sort of a marshy lake. And, you know, I often wonder about this, too. I was I was having a big roaring fire. I was all happy and excited because I could finally have fires and just, you know, raise hell by myself. And, the, of course, the coyotes would surround that camp every night, too. And I was the only one at Goshen Pond the whole time. And, um, you know, I, there was I kept hearing shotguns off in the distance at night. There were some, you know, some good old boys. You could tell they were out there. You could hear the trucks revving up and shotguns. And I, so I had a whistle. And every 15 minutes or so I would whistle real loud to let them know not to shoot in this direction. And, uh, you know, they had, they had finally gone away. I stopped hearing the gunshots. I, I heard the trucks drive off, but I blew the whistle anyway, just to make sure they knew I was there. Cause it was pretty quiet. It'd be a good time to blow it. And I blew the whistle and something whistled off in the woods right near my camp. And it would have had to have been less than a hundred yards away either like somebody in a canoe in the lake or somebody right on the edge of the lake, the direction it came from. And it sounded like a person whistling, not like another, you know, not like another whistle whistling. And, uh, you know, my blood ran cold for a second. And I said, who's there? I screamed nothing. I didn't get any answers. I'm like, oh, who's there? Nothing. So I ran in the woods real quick with a flashlight. I figured it was someone in a boat. That was my, nothing. no, there was nothing there. I saw nothing. And I often wonder if that was one too, maybe, um, you know, because I would have been the only source of entertainment for anything out there. It was dead of winter. There was no other campers. There was, you know, um, I would imagine I would have been at least a curiosity for something like that. But yeah, I, I often think of that. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to jump you know, that in. Was, for... that, was a, that was a week later.
0: Actually, I was, I was okay. going to, I'm going to jump too. in
2: for a second. I was <laughs> going to ask, I was going to ask you will to comment on that. Cause I know you got something to say. Yeah. I was,
0: I was just going <laughs> to comment. Um, when we look at uh, Native American ceremonial masks, uh, you see the masks that have the pursed lips, and and that is the the buquas or the Sanakwa that's, they're you know what their words for uh, and I can't remember which tribe at the moment, but uh, and there are other names um, you know for the wild man and the whistling and the pursed lips is whistling. That's what Native folks talked about these things doing. Uh, way before we heard of anything about any other kind of vocalizations.
3: Well, somebody whistled, and I I often wonder if it was, you know, a person. It it sounded kind of loud to be a person. That's what scared me.
0: It it could have been one of these these because they do whistle.
3: Wow, that would be, boy, that's 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 a serious run of Sasquatch encounters for me. I didn't even realize if it was because, I mean, that was no less, that was no more than a few days after the last experience I told you about. And I actually, I remember getting, I actually went on, (laughs) I went on uh, uh, Facebook Live when it happened. And I I remember, I still had the video, and I said, there's somebody out in the woods around my camp. And I, you know, I actually took the the, the phone in the woods with me when I went, um, totally expecting to find a person in case someone killed me. And you know what I mean? In the middle of nowhere in the woods.
0: some record of it. Um, so there
3: would be a record of it. But uh, but yeah, so it's, it's that, but that, I mean, that one that came up to my tent, I, I, when that breathing, when it stopped, you know, 15, 20, 20 yards in front of the tent directly, because, you know, it was thick woods, thick brush, and then an open area in front of the tent, sort of in that, in that area, 15, 20 yards ahead, where the coyotes would, would run around. Man, it was right there, and when it stopped and did that breathing, oh man, I, I, I swear I almost had a heart attack. I was so terrified. And then it, I walked up to the tent. I couldn't I couldn't believe what was happening at the moment. But yeah, I just I chalked it up as a bear. So I looked it up, you know, this past this past year, and there's no way it was a bear. Uh, black bears, number one, they're all but non-existent in the pine barrens, and number two, uh, they don't smell. They don't have a strong odor. You know, people say, ah, bears are smelly. It turns out, and I, I, you know, I I looked this up on some some real zoology-type websites. No, even when they're hibernating and they'll urinate a little bit on themselves, it's not even a strong smell from what I understand. So it definitely wasn't a bear. Uh, It wasn't a coyote. I mean, I can't imagine what else it could have been.
1: You know, Mark, let me ask you. Do you think that since it didn't you know, necessarily attack you. Do you think it was just trying to send you a warning to just get, get the heck out of, out of the area? Oh,
3: uh, I, I, you know, judging about from where I was, I can't imagine that it was feeling super territorial. I was like, I was on the edge of civilization. Like you could see lights of houses and, you know, it was a, a five minute walk to the, to the neighborhood, to the center of the neighborhood. So I, I, I don't, I think maybe it was just blustering. Uh, I think it was curious. It, it obviously showed up to look for food because it was coyotes, whether they're, it was trying to get them or their food, I'm not sure. Um, and then it, it, uh, it, I don't think it noticed my tent until it had got to that clearing. Um, this tent was – and I can't – you know, people say, oh, they could have smelled you – There is no way if you smell that bad, you can smell anything but that halo of stink around. I don't care how good your sense of smell; it was crazy. (laughs) It was the (laughs) nasty most. It was the most uh, well. It was the most vicious stink I've ever smelled. Oh, I've I've smelled it. I understand. Yeah, and it was like I mean, it 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 just it it was making me dizzy. It was that that. bad. I remember thinking, "I'm."
0: You can't pin it on just one odor. You can compare it to. There's nothing to compare it to.
3: No, no, you can't. The only thing I compare it to, like I said, feces.
0: A mixture smelly of things, feet was right. a good component. Yeah.
3: Yeah, smelly feet, bo feces, and and there was a skunky quality to it. I do remember thinking maybe it is a skunk because there was a skunk, a little bit of skunk in there too. But there's no way that thing could have smelled me. I mean, you have to be. There's it's no. There's no way. But it did try, and I remember, you know, that was obviously one of the scariest moments when it started to sniff the tent, because it, mind you, like. If, even if and I didn't move, its head was near my head when it was sniffing. But how could it even smell me?
0: You know, that's if kind of smells that bad. I that, mean, that's kind of reminiscent, though. Of, of you guys recall the Larry Batson story about uh, Bob Titmus from uh, a few years before Patterson got his film in that same area, where he he covered himself up and decided to spend the night instead of trying to bumble through the woods. Yeah, and and the creature came and, and was sniffing the air. He could hear it. Uh, he he apparently was aware that he was there, but couldn't find him.
1: But but he he was actually, uh, buried. Yeah, he he covered himself
0: up in a shallow hole.
1: Yeah. Huh.
3: Well, I mean, I think that's what happened. I think it came, it came in to get the coyotes and then it noticed my tent and said, huh,
0: maybe there's
3: food in there. I guess it just got, (laughs) it must've got, yeah, it must've got a little, because, it, it, it doesn't know how many people are in the tent, you know. Right. Maybe, maybe I have a gun, maybe I don't. So I, I'm assuming it just was too afraid to, to take the chance.
0: Probably that close getting to... getting at me, but... That close to where people are living, sure.
3: Yeah. going to be very social So I there. don't think it was territorial. To answer your question, I don't think it... I think it yelled and screamed because it was probably a little bit angry, but it was definitely sending me a message when it snapped the branch off. Mm-hmm. And you knew exactly what it was. As soon as I heard, I knew it snapped the branch off and it beat, it beat the beat a tree or something else with the branch. And then it, it barked and screamed. It was definitely basically saying like F you to me. Yeah, what it was, it felt it was like. a
0: display. Sure.
3: Yeah. But yeah, it's some terrifying stuff. <laughs> oh man. And if you know, well, if you look around that patch of woods, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna,
2: I, I just want to go back to the sniffing for a moment. And I was going to ask Will, um, they really don't have, their number one sensory is not smell, but it's, it's, no, it's sight.
0: Gonna, it's going to be eyesight and then hearing just like us. Yeah. Yeah. Sense of smell is going to yeah. be down and the like list said, of ways.
3: Yeah. And like I said, there's no way you could smell anything other than your own stink. If you smelled that bad, I can't imagine that you'd be <laughs> able to smell anything, but
0: know what now, do I know now typically they don't smell like that all the time so that could have been a reaction to your presence
1: right because will haven't you said before too that it's kind of um uh just like with with uh other primates it's a kind of a it, it comes out of your other armpit well out of, out
0: of glands right
1: yeah and it's mostly from anxiety It's from like, anxiety they, from,
0: yeah they get yeah. they get excited or angry. Uh, they can emit that odor because we find with the majority of reports, vast majority, uh, and I know from my own encounter, at very close up, uh, that I didn't smell anything. So, but I have smelled that odor before in a place, and it's very likely due to you know some kind of anxiety or stress.
3: Right. Well, I I I I wonder. I don't think it would. Have, here's the thing: is that I smelled the first thing. I the first indicator at all was the smell. So and it, I heard it finally after I smelled it walking down the dirt path. So I'm assuming it was kind of far away, I don't know, 40, 40, 40 yards away when I first hit me. Yeah, when, was, it, when the stench hit me. It was probably
0: agitated that you you were there. It probably knew you were there.
1: And and yeah, I guess so. And and will of course, I I think from your your first experience, they probably didn't know that you were there. So that's why you didn't detect any odor um, because it, they they probably were just surprised that you were there.
0: Well, you know, that all happened very quickly. So, I mean, because I I ran out of the house and, and with my dog, and um, and it could have been, too, that they weren't that concerned with me. You know, it's not like they're all, you know, it's not cookie-getter situations right. where they're all going to react the same way.
1: Right, because you were just a young kid at that time. So That was, was 16, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's got to be a harrowing
3: experience for a 16-year-old. It was an underwear-changing
0: moment, let me tell you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I I feel you on that one. And, you know, the patch of woods I was in, if you look around it, it would be a really good spot. You know, that's a question I have for you guys. How much wilderness do you think a group of of Sasquatch needs to just, you know, how much Because I mean, we're not talking, you know, the wilderness of Pennsylvania or, or upstate California. This is like maybe a a square mile two square miles of woods and then you know farms and then another patch of woods I mean I well how much do they need I guess not much
0: they're not gonna just live in one place they move frequently about every two weeks they move through areas so um, now the ones in East Coast are a little different than the ones out here so they probably need less area but they're still gonna be on the move. I mean um, it's very similar to how gorillas move so um, you know, they move to avoid predators, us, and typically it's, so it doesn't really deplete their food supplies. So they, they move all the time, but it's, uh, it's in yeah, terms I mean, of the, amount of area, uh, the area that I, I worked for a dozen years in Southern Washington, uh, covered around 3,300 square miles and one group, you know, circulated yeah. through that area.
3: Yeah. Um, we're talking a lot less than that where I, where I'm you know, for the, for that area of the Pine Barrens, but, you know, that also means that there would be bottleneck areas where they would have to cross through Correct. to avoid. So, you know, there's an op- there's opportunity maybe to catch a, a, a video or something of one, um, if you could do it right, because they would have to go through these areas. You can, you could go right now on Google and look at the Pine Barrens and look at all the patches of woods. And, you know, there's definitely areas, cause, uh, the, the, the spot where I was when that thing came by, there's one way in. I mean, you're either crossing a farm field out in the open or you're sticking in that skinny little spot where the river goes through and between those two neighborhoods. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's, I think there's opportunity. And you know what? I, 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 contacted the BFRO and, um, you know, I did, I talked to the guy about it and it just seemed like a total lack of enthusiasm you know, and I said, "Look, I'll take you right. I'll take you to this, to the to the very spot where it happened." And you know, nah, they didn't really get back to me about it, and I don't know. I found I found that interesting too. Like that's
0: well, we 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 won't go down that is, road, but we understand.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Listen, folks. You know, so,
2: Mark, I'm, I'm looking at the area here, oh, and ahead. and I can see that it's. It, well, I was just going to mention, yeah, there are some choke points in there. Um, it is pretty fascinating. So I suspect Delaware and maybe get some of these, but you can certainly see, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, very fascinating.
0: Yeah. And they, and they could uh, be both, far, all as, of your
2: encounters as
0: far as part of a range. They could be coming out of Pennsylvania and into that area, sort of a, a peripheral, uh, you know, for what would
3: area. they do? I mean, it's a it's It's a big river Would they swim across the Delaware.
0: Sure. They swim the Columbia river all the time.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it once I realized. You know, the last thing at that, that night was the last thing that crossed my mind was Sasquatch. But yeah, I mean, it, it would appear that these things are everywhere. Wherever you got a decent patch of woods. <laughs>
0: Pretty much, yeah.
3: I guess you'll, I guess you'll find one eventually, crossing through.
0: Well, listen, fellas, we're running a little so, short of yeah, wh- time. Um. Mark, stay in touch with us, and we'll, we can help you uh, information-wise. So, yeah, that would be great. And
3: I, I want to thank you guys for for this, for everything you do with this. It's um, you know, it's not it's not often I can just talk about this and get it off my chest. Uh, I know it sounds silly, but it's the same old story for me as you hear for everyone else. Where you know, it's it, I, I get a lot of eye rolls and. Um, you know, it's it, it's nice to have people that are willing to listen and, and and answer my questions. I appreciate it.
0: It does make a difference, and like I say, we'll definitely help you out. You know, answer questions and it, and uh, yeah. you know anything you want want to know, we'll do our best to help you with that.
1: And we do definitely appreciate you too for absolutely, for yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, I appreciate it, guys.
3: I appreciate. It. I'm going to. Um, I, I do plan on when I get some free time in the next few years, heading out and really exploring that area. Actually, and you know, if I have any questions, you guys will be the ones I go to.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Mark, I, I got to say, really enjoyed having you on the show tonight. Very, yeah, very sure. interesting. Absolutely. Multiple encounters. Yeah.
3: Very good ones. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said, it feels good to talk about it. And, um, you know, you guys have questions for me, too. You know, let me know if you're ever out this way and you want to know where to go. <laughs> I can could, I could show you the exact spot.
0: Absolutely. We may take you up on that.
3: <laughs> All right, cool.
0: In Bigfoot History Lewis River Canal, near Yale, Washington, June 1963 Stan Matson, Vancouver, Washington, tells of seeing a very tall, brown, ape-like creature with long hanging breasts Carrying a young one under its left arm. It was either getting a drink of water or catching small fish. He watched it for about 10 minutes. In Bigfoot History, Pennsylvania, 1838. From the Montrose, Pennsylvania Spectator, article titled Strange Animal or Food for the Marvelous Something like a year ago, there was considerable talk about a strange animal said to have been seen in the southwestern part of Bridgewater Although the individual who described the animal persisted in declaring that he had seen it and was at first considerably frightened by it The story was heard and looked upon as more as food for the Marvelous than as having any foundation in fact He represented the animals we have it through a third person, as having the appearance of a child, seven or eight years old, though somewhat slimmer and covered entirely with hair. He saw it while picking berries, walking towards him erect and whistling like a person. After recovering from his fright, he is said to have pursued it, but it ran off with such speed, whistling as it went, that he could not catch it. He said it ran like the devil, and continued to call it after that name. The same or similar looking animal was seen in Silver Lake Township about two weeks since, by a boy of some sixteen years old. We had the story from the father of the boy in his absence and afterward from the boy himself. The boy was sent to work in the backwoods near New York state line. He took with him a gun and was told by his father to shoot anything he might see except persons or cattle. After working a while he heard some person, a little brother as he supposed, coming towards him whistling quite merrily. It came within a few rods of him and stopped. He said it looked like a human being, covered with black hair about the size of his brother, who was six or seven years old. His gun was some little distance off and he was very much frightened. He however got his gun and shot at the animal, but trembled so that he could not hold it still. The strange animal, just as his gun went off, stepped behind a tree and then ran off whistling as before. The father said the boy came home very much frightened and that a number of times during the afternoon, when thinking about the animal he had seen, he would, to use his mom's own words, burst out crying. Making due allowances for frights and consequent exaggeration, an animal of singular appearance has doubtless been seen. What it is, or whence it came, is of course yet a mystery. From the description, if an orangutan were known to be in the country, we might think this to be it. As no such animal is known, without vouching for the correctness of the story, we shall leave the reader to conjecture or guess for himself what it is. For the sake of a name, however, we will call it the strange animal, the whistling boy of the woods. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at williamjevning at yahoo.com.